You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Have you ever wondered whether Superman also struggles with adulting? Well, today we're going to be discussing DC Comics' John Kent. That's Clark Kent's child, so the original Superman's kid. His, we're going to talk about his relationship to Dick Grayson, that is the original Robin, who is now Nightwing, and what's been going on in Bloodhaven these days in the DC comic universe. Guys, this is Systematic Geekology. We are the Priest of the Geeks. And I am Joshua Knoll. I am a co-host of the Whole Church Podcast. Love Jesus, love geeky stuff. And um, I'm really excited to talk about this. I'm usually our Marvel guy. And today I get to talk about two different DC properties. We just recorded the Batman Returns drive-in, and that was a fun time as well. And today I'm here with the one and only Joe Day. What's up, everybody? Yeah, I am so stoked to talk about this because Nightwing is one of my very favorite comic book characters. And it's it, it's unfortunate because a lot of what's what's being done with with um, Nightwing right now is is great. But it's baked in between a whole mess of nonsense coming from DC. So it's nice <laughs> to be able to talk about a bright spot. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I actually had liked Nightwing for a really long time. Um, but Superman, I always hated. So I'm pretty surprised that I enjoy John Kent. Hey, without further ado, let's just jump into this. Today's episode, I'm beyond excited. Can't contain all the subjects I want to talk about with this. Um, so we have two different storylines going on, both by Tom Taylor wrote both of these storylines we're kind of talking about, and it's Tom Taylor's Nightwing series, as well as Son of Kal-El, which is the new Superman. And just to kind of give you guys some background of what's going on in both, we, we wanted to kind of dig into both characters and then their relationship. First thing first, address the elephant in the room, John Kent, this new Superman, is in a same-sex relationship, and it seems like it would not be genuine if, as a Christian podcast, we didn't at least touch on that subject, because I know everyone's kind of curious about how we can read this, or what do you believe about it, all that. There is actually a little bit of diversity within Christendom these days of belief on that. Um, there's a lot of good resources out there. I I struggle with this. As someone who really likes Christian unity and really cares about it, I struggle with how you have unity over a disagreement that this can be fundamental of whether or not someone can be saved. Cause you cannot live in sin and be saved. So if we're saying this is sin, you cannot do that for me. I feel as though given church history and how we've interpreted it, the burden of proof says, Hey, the church has said believed in traditional marriage has not been for same sex marriage or same sex relationships has considered that sin for thousands of years. So to me, you would have to basically show me in the Bible where it said, hey, that is wrong. It's actually fine. Whereas a lot of the arguments these days that are from the more progressive theologies are kind of saying, well, the Bible doesn't necessarily say that. Some of those arguments might be okay, but saying it doesn't necessarily say something is not a good argument in my opinion. Um, but just to give you guys some resources from where I'm coming from that I think is interesting, if you want to hear the opposite of my opinion, <laughs> you can hear Matthew Vines. He writes God and the Gay Christian and explains his beliefs. I have some fundamental problems with that book. Um, there is Kevin DeYoung writes Transforming Homosexuality, and it's kind of a more traditional marriage in support of what the Bible says. I like his book a lot because he's kind about it. He's not, hey, these guys are terrible. They're going to hell. Joe, you look like you have things to say. Um, yeah. So 
this this conversation hinges at two points. The first point is yes, we are a Christian podcast, so we need to go out there and we we need to state that you know yeah no the the this is this is not really I I think this the, for me this is one of the areas where um my my inability to soothe the masses really starts to show because I am I am too hardlined for my more liberal or progressive friends and I am too liberal for my hardlined friends um so so but but with this oh oh I think a lot of gymnastics have been done I think a lot of conjecture has been made but mm. I I have yet to hear anything that doesn't have to go three ways from Sunday in order to try and make the Bible not say what it very clearly says, like Mm -hmm. very clearly says. Now, that being said, to get into without getting into the actual language of it all, when a lot of this stuff is referenced, it's not referencing one specific temptation. There's tons of different temptations out there. And I do think that to a certain extent, this has been made to be this larger than others sort of thing. The word is more of a catch-all phrase in the Hebrew than it is stating something in particular. And unfortunately, a lot of bad teaching has gone out there to make it sound like this is like the cardinal sin and all of that kind of stuff, which literally I just I just threaded that needle of, of how on one half of my sentence, I pissed off some people. And with the other half of my sentence, I pissed off everybody else. So whatever there but but regardless when we are in when we are interacting with these different fandoms we can't walk into this expecting a secular company to play by our playbook we can't go into this as christians expecting that everything that we are going to read is all holy and all within the realms of christianity literally three quarters of what happens in superhero stuff could not be a thing if we were trying to look at this through a specific Christian lens. You lose the you lose the thread when you have these people dressed up like like you know these different things taking vengeance into their own hands. Let's talk about that. Or mm-hmm. let's talk about the 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 very um openly non uh, biblical examples of relationships that take that take place between men and women littered throughout all of comics. So, mm-hmm. yeah. if we're going to approach this as Christians, then we need to th- then we need to do this thoughtfully and honestly. I'll tell you guys this. You know what? Yeah, I I am I am far more um, I I am I am of a different opinion in certain respects than my my partner in crime here. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I think one of the books that he mentioned is um, nigh nonsense. Like it's it's literally just somebody trying to manipulate other works to make his point. So I I wouldn't necessarily tell you to go read it because it's nonsense, not because it has a different opinion than me, but because the things that he says are actually categorically false in a lot of regards. Like I'm and and that's not me saying from a from an opinion standpoint. Mm-hmm. I'm saying. Crack open a resource, see what the dude's saying, do your research, and you'll find that the dude is just wrong. 
in a lot of regards. So that to me, like I, I, I will step forward unashamedly and say, yeah, I, 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 I think that we have gone a great distance to say that the Bible says something that it does not say or is silent about something that it is simply not silent about. Done and yeah. dusted. But like I said, is it, so 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 if you read that, if you approach this, and this is not something that you can handle, like if this is something that in your soul you can't handle, okay, then don't read it. Yeah. I would say the same thing about music. I would say the same same thing about movies. I would say the same thing about TV shows. Half of these TV shows going going around right now about serial killer this and about crime drama that and all of that kind of stuff i can't there are some things that i can't watch because my soul will get too heavy my wife loves these police procedural things all of that mm-hmm. whole generation of police <laughs> procedurals and she'll sit yeah. there and binge them and i'm like i i don't need to sit there for hours on end and see a depiction about how bad this world is i am well aware of the nonsense going on around me that's why i don't like political thrillers or anything like that politics are bad i don't care about it so so (laughs) if this is something that your soul can't handle then then go in peace and don't and don't read it don't watch it don't consume it that's fine but there's nothing that says that us as christians need to stick our heads in our, our our heads in the sand and just completely tune everything out because we need to live in a christian bubble and all of that kind of stuff <laughs> that's an overcorrection so yeah. that's my readers digest version i remembered the other resource i wanted to recommend single gay christian by gregory coles it's a little bit more nuanced um he still upholds traditional marriage values and more conservative in that sense but i, I think it's worth the read if you want something a little bit more nuanced um for me, where I make people, where I piss people off is I believe in traditional marriage and all that. I believe that what the Bible says on some of these, and I'm open to the fact that I might be wrong about it. And I think that's where I piss people off, where people want me to say, no, the Bible's very clear. It clearly says this. And I'm like, I could be wrong. And that makes people mad because I'm like, it's possible. I don't know. I don't know everything. I it would say, though, what I could say for certain, because the Bible speaks far more about this, hating people and being just down route, down route evil towards people the way that I've seen a lot of Christians do. The Bible is very clearly against that. If you are, I'm just speaking truth and you're acting a certain way towards people like that, uh, the message very clear that you need to repent and you need to change. And what yeah. makes me mad is stuff like every all these Christians got behind Iron Man, thought he was great. This guy who's straight up a playboy. And then yep. there was a scene where someone mentioned being in a same-sex relationship in the new Thor movie and they lost their minds. Right. The same people. Yeah, listen, that, that's that's categorically the same sin even. I mean, come on. Yeah. So the in in that regard, um in in that regard, we we need to so so here's where here's where I win back the people that I pissed off the first time. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, that's so so my my wife has taught me a great deal about what it actually biblically means to love the sinner, hate the sin, that sort of thing. Um mm-hmm. So if if the, I'm going to I'm going to throw a couple of things out here, um, <laughs> guys, if you are listening, if you are if you're listening with young ears, now is the time. Hit that pause button. Join <laughs> us again at a time where it's just adult ears. OK, I'll give you a second. And OK, so if you have looked at porn, you're in the same category. Yep. If you have looked at a woman lustfully, you are in the same category. Mm hmm. 
there's not a do a nuance of words there, guys. Bust out the strongs, bust out your resources, go and find out. Do your own research. Don't take my word for it. Go to the Bible. Do your research. So, yes, when we when we are considering these things, we need to be able to have that kind of conversation that says, okay, this is not the chief of all sins and all of this kind of stuff. This is not the boogeyman. This is temptation in the same way that other things are a temptation. The temptation and what you do with it, those are two different things. And the the Bible is very clear that we do not hold back from anybody. We do not hold back the gospel. We do not hold back love from anybody. And the Preach. second that we start using you people statements, uh. those people over there, that group over there, that label over there, right? That used to that or that is the that that you are you are categorically in sin mm-hmm. if you are doing that. Yeah, if you are, yeah, you know, those people are disgusting. Uh, but first of all, grow up. Second of all, find God. Yeah, and and that goes and that goes on too. Even even if it's the more the the. So I don't, I'm not going to sit here and, and use a whole bunch of phrases and whatever. There's tons of them that are out there. There's tons of those kinds of ways that are out there. So if you're shorthanding it and not showing people love, then then that's then then that is that is an issue. Yep. That is separate in a separate conversation than the conversation of whether or not this is okay, whether or not this is a sin, and all of those kinds of things. So we took all that time to tell you we're basically going to be treating Superman the same way we would treat Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. I ran into this character, both of these characters. Uh, well, I've known, I've known Dick Grayson for a while, but this iteration of Nightwing and John Kent because in May, if you follow our Patreon, you would know this. If you're supporting us at patreon.com forward slash systematic geekology, hint, hint, you know that in May, I took a break from Marvel Comics. I said, no Marvel this month. I'm going to kind of expand, read a little bit more Boom, a little bit more uh, Dark Horse, a little bit more DC. I found that for the most part, DC is not my thing because I like grounded stuff. Joe hates political thrillers. I want almost everything to be a political thriller. <laughs> I'm like, I like stuff that I'm like, this is directly related to regular life and lets me think about it in a new way. And I think that that's fun. A lot of DC is basically gods and, you know, crazy cosmic stuff. And that stuff also exists in Marvel. It's just a little less in the forefront, I feel like. Right. But I experienced that with DC. And one thing that I found fascinating, I never liked Superman because of that. He's basically just a god. And that's not interesting to me. But I encounter this John Kent and... This is a dude who's struggling to figure out how to do life at all, even though he has godlike powers. And it was oddly grounding for such a powerful, like all whatever kind of character to be that relatable. I was like, that is just weird to me. And then you pair that with his relationship with Dick Grayson, which is what we're here to talk about today. I thought their relationship, I was like, this is blows my mind. You have just a regular human mentoring, basically a god. That was a Really interesting dynamic. So of all the DC stuff, these two are the storylines that I've stuck with that I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to follow these. I like these. So I'm going to pepper the steak here a little bit from from a, <laughs> a longtime DC fan. Shout out to um, to Kino. He and I sat down and talked about Superman Two, the movie. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things that we walked away from that is how relatable Superman was. I used to think like you. 
I used to think that it's easy to be a superhero if you have the powers of a god. Yeah. But the nuanced middle ground is that this guy has every ability to rule this earth and lives as a human. And the only reason why I think some of that is coming out more now is because it's not Clark Kent. It's somebody mm -hmm. else. And so now people are paying attention to that. That's yeah. something that I, I've appreciated in, in several of the forms as I've gotten older of Superman, when you can tell so, the story of somebody who's struggling with himself. That's what I, that's one of the things that I appreciated about Smallville. That's one of the things that I oh, appreciated about the Christopher Reeves movies. That's one of the things that I appreciated about the um, the DC Rebirth version of of Superman. When you mm -hmm. can tell somebody tell the story of somebody who is struggling with their with their identity and who they are, wrapped up in the powers of a god. That's that's a very compelling story. This is just far from the first time that they're telling that story. And unfortunately, you have to get past the surface layer of, oh, it's the big blue Boy Scout to be able to find those different iterations of telling that Superman story. You know what I mean? And then you have that coupled mm -hmm. with Dick Grayson is kind of known by DC fans as being the heart of, DC, of the DC universe. He mm -hmm. is this guy that that has understood all of the stuff and, and heartache and issues that come with his backstory and come with his time with Batman and all of that, and then turns around and says, okay, but what I'm not going to do is hold everybody at arm's length. I'm still going to live my life. I'm still going to have relationships and all of that, which is exactly... Why, when you look at, and this might be one of my hot takes for the episode, that's why you, when you look at pound for pound, character for character, Dick Grayson Nightwing is the superior character to Bruce Wayne's Batman. I I would largely agree. Um, I think Batman's more interesting in, in a different way that he somehow feels more unattainable. Like, I could never be Batman. Batman is this rich billionaire who's completely cut off from everybody, dark, brooding. I just don't relate to Batman. Nightwing's a little bit more relatable. He's relatable. He's someone you would want to get to know, to be around. It is a completely different dynamic. Um, Batman stands, on, in a way, to me, Batman stands for justice, righting the wrongs. Dick Grayson stands for, even more than that, um, seeing the future, pushing forward love, hope, pushing forward good things to happen as opposed to just correcting the bad. He takes it a step further. So I, I actually do like DeGrayson a lot more than Bruce Wayne <laughs> personally. So right now, um, are, how, have you been keeping up with the Tom Taylor comic? Or is, it, is that his name? Is it Tom Taylor? That sounds yeah, wrong. Yeah, it's Tom Taylor. I've been keeping up with it from like a YouTube sense. I haven't been going out and getting all of the the trades or anything. I've been going I've been going through YouTube and keeping uh, up to date on the storyline. Okay, so uh, long story short, uh, right now in so Tom Taylor writes both of these um, in Son of Kal El, Superman's kind of figuring out. There, there's some kind of mystery, something going on originally with his boyfriend, Jane Nakuma, who's part of the truth. Um, you see some other characters are kind of showing up and you can tell there's something that's not quite there, which makes it more interesting because if it's just Superman versus somebody who's going to out punch who we know how that ends. <laughs> so I like what they're doing there. I, I find what's happening in Bloodhaven a lot more interesting personally, uh, because you have this where, well, 
Alfred is passed. And it turns out he had all this money, not right. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and a lot of this money gets passed down to Dick Grayson, who's trying to use it to create a haven in Bloodhaven, a safe place for people. Right. And he's trying to, rather than just stop crime, like I said, he's trying to create a new hope for people. Um, I what what all what all have you been keeping up with as far as like from the YouTube side that you that you're aware of? So I'm I'm up to date on on both um, storylines, and I, I think with Dick Grayson, I really appreciate where at with because he is he is questioning. Okay, so if if it's literally just a hamster wheel of villain pops up destroy villain go on with your life until the next villain pops up um you're not actually affecting real change you're not actually affecting change that sticks and and that is to me one of the uh real nuance points of this uh, of this run of nightwing that i really appreciate because he's he is using you know he's making his own way, you know, they've done a, a bunch of different things. They've, they've not at all referenced it. They've made him a cop. <laughs> they've made him, you know, they've, they've tried to give Dick Grayson jobs, but this is probably the best way to square the circle of this is, this is a new wrinkle in the character of Dick Grayson. And this is how he's able to afford all of these things and actually affect change and not just be a Batman ripoff. Yeah. So, and we're going all deep this episode, <laughs> it turns out. Um, one thing that I, I found interesting is just kind of the premise. The premise is that, sort of, and, and maybe I'm oversimplifying it, if you have enough money and you have the will to make things better, you can affect change rather than just continuing the cycle of crime and punishment. Right. Is that, I mean, is that true? Is that, is that all it takes? Is just one rich guy deciding he really wants to change things? Is that, is that what's keeping our world from where we want it to be? Uh, no, uh, as much as, <laughs> as much as people want to put weight on, um, you know, if, if such and such a billionaire just redistributed their wealth, then all of the world's problems would be solved. If, if <laughs> such and such a person, you know, it's a superpower. Unfortunately, it is kind of a superpower in this life to have a certain amount of money. Um, that is not a good thing. That is not a compliment. That is not anything other than an <laughs> indictment on humanity. And the reality of, of all of this is we may you may be able to have one person with the resources that wants to throw it at a thing and that's what affects change but that's that's not that that's not the case and and anything anything earthly is going to fall short but let me tell you something throwing money at a problem does not actually treat people or teach people how how to be better and do better or or actually change institutionalized issues it just band-aids it yeah, and I, I'm just gonna say this really quick and move past it. I I hate I hate where I have heard people teach that, um, basically God gives money to people who are going to use it well and who's gonna what that that's just not true. So, so, sometimes God does, and I do think that wealth is a gift God expects you to use well, but uh, it goes to the good and the evil. You know, yeah, you read the book of Ecclesiastes, that whole thing's just fundamentally false. Um, but. I do think there is a level of using your wealth, using your abilities, using your ability to vote here in this country to try and make things better. My question is, 
is a haven the way that uh, Dick Grayson's talking about? Is that even possible this side of heaven to create a haven? Um, depends on what perspective you're looking at, because <laughs> there are aspects of a haven that absolutely are possible. But I go back to my tried and true low view of humanity that <laughs> if humans involved, it's it's fallible. If a human's yeah. involved, it's going to mess up somewhere along the way. Somebody is going to mess it up. It might not be the first generation of people. Eventually, somebody is going to mess it up. We have literally yep. seen that for time immemorial. So a Band-Aid fix? Maybe. But I, I mean this from, from systematically. I mean this from money to politics to any of these things. They're all just Band-Aid fixes. We want to mm -hmm. look at things like the government and look to them to legislate our beliefs and all of that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. That the, literally the Bible doesn't say that. Like that's whatever. Use your, use your, your power of voting and blah, 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 blah. Literally politicians are, are, are paid to lie to you. Like literally that is exactly what is in the job description of a politician. Trying to expect an honest politician is a fool's game. Trying to expect money to sell, to solve a problem that is systematically and uniquely human is also a fool's game. And so, yeah, temporary problems. Can we can we home the poor? Can we give food to people who need it? Can we do good things? Sure, we can do good things. But what? Wh how is that actually affecting anything that's substantive just by itself? That's not the case. Yeah, I I, I know we are a little different on how we approach this. Um, for, for me, I think back to The City of God by Augustine, and I, I like his thing of our citizenship is not whatever nation. You know, For him, it was Rome. For us, it would be America. That is not your citizenship. Your citizenship is in the kingdom of God. You are currently stationed here basically as an ambassador. And yeah, while you're here, you should absolutely do your best as a Christian to make things better. You should not expect them to be better because uh, God hasn't come back yet, <laughs> but doesn't negate your responsibility to try to help the world and to be a light in that way. And that's Yeah, you can't sit back and watch the world burn. That that's not that that's not the the name of the game. Yeah. However, any any good that you're doing can easily be washed away by somebody else in a matter of days. You can build this whole platform. You can build this whole thing and this whole initiative and all of this kind of stuff. And you step away from it and you think that you've got this person lined up to take it over from you and all of this kind of stuff. And literally in a matter of days, they take the entire thing down and they, and, and they turn it into something. Anything that you do is temporary done and dusted so so yeah momentary momentary pieces here and there sure i'll buy it but anything long-standing and substantive no yeah i think the best work you do is is culture culture change is the only change that actually does anything and even that is fickle so what i would say is if you want to actually make a difference uh be christ to those around you let them see why the christian ways actually are better what what is it about love that actually makes things nicer what is it about all these things show them the desirable qualities of being a christian just to those people around you and hope and pray that they'll cling on to some part of it and find christ that is how you make a difference 
Exactly. And and exactly none of that requires money. <laughs> require requires money or requires a political vote or requires a cause or some kind of rallying cry other than the kingdom of God. And yeah, that's stuffy. Okay. I'll be the first one that, that to to admit like there's a earlier f- version of me that would have heard now me saying that and say and said, "Yeah, okay, so you finally drank the Kool-Aid." All right. But if we're looking at this, it's kind of like the idea of looking at the utopian society. The utopian mm-hmm. society cannot exist because humans are humans. It yep. can't exist. No, you, you, it works off of the basis that nobody's going to screw up and nobody's going to um, have a human moment and all of that kind of stuff. And everybody's going to do exactly what they need to do. That literally is not humanity. And, and that's that being said, I, I still feel per, a personal obligation for stuff like if I'm, I'm going to vote in favor of green energy, if I can, right? Like I, I feel some personal responsibility in the ways, but I not under the assumption that somehow my vote's going to absolutely change the world and we're all going to be in a better, perfect, nice, utopian kind of place. That's not going to happen. I realize that. I try to do my part. And I think that's what Dick Grayson does. Not because he's a Christian, but Dick Grayson just kind of has a fundamentally different philosophy of he believes he can make Bloodhaven safer, Bloodhaven better by implementing different policies. That's what he's trying to do. I think at best, maybe another generation will be safer because of it, right? Probably not because this is a comic book. It will likely not ever last longer than maybe a week because it's a comic book. (laughs) But I find what he's doing here admirable that he wants to make a longstanding change instead of just throw the bandaid of I got the bad guy on it. It's a fundamentally more interesting approach. And whenever you see him, well, you see a couple times where he's trying to do this stuff and um, John Kent shows up as Superman. It's kind of like his muscle, his, you know, stamp of approval from Superman. That makes it cool. But I find I like the other situation better where um, Clark Kent, Superman, before he left the planet, asked Dick Grayson to basically help mentor John Kent. So you see a lot of these times where you have this younger Superman who doesn't understand how to adult, how to do life at all. And he's thrown in with Dick Grayson, this human who's trying to save Bloodhaven with honorable means that, you know, clearly neither of us will think will work. But hey, cool. I find that just it's it's a fascinating dynamic how that works. I mean, just the idea of someone approaching you, like, hey, could you help mentor this child with godlike powers? <laughs> I mean, <Right>. what? <laughs> yeah. And I think for me, that's part of what shines through for Dick Grayson, because I, I will agree. It is more interesting to say, I'm going to try and create systems rather than just be the system like Batman is. And that, that to me, at least on a human level, okay, fine. I get it. You, you can, you, you can do, do good things until the next human comes along and messes it up. You can do good things. And, and there is that. But like we said about the whole kingdom of God thing, whether or not you, you believe in God or not, there are pieces of this that I would absolutely argue shine through that absolutely are biblical, but they shine through at a level that even non-believers will agree with. That actual change happens when one person can come alongside another person and show love. It's almost like the Bible said that, but I digress. Um, but <laughs> so, so the fact that the the fact that Dick Grayson does that is 
I think something really special that you mm-hmm. see here. And I think that's something that, that makes him kind of this standout character, especially when you compare him to somebody like Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I found the thought I've been trying to get to, <laughs> and it's, it's a, it's mentioned a few different places in the Bible. There's this phrase of a more perfect way in the new Testament. And it's sort of like the ideas of the law of the old Testament, you know, don't lie, don't do this. Those are all good things to do. It is good to not lie, whether you are Christian or not, but there is a more perfect way. You know, not lying is a good thing. It might produce good for a season, but it will only be a season. There is a more perfect way that is the kingdom of God, and that is everlasting good. And I think that's sort of where my thought process is on all this. And when I think about Dick Grayson trying to do the good things, not the perfect things, but the good things, and seeing him try to do that and also try to help mentor John Kent. It's fascinating. It really made me wonder about Jesus's parents raising Jesus. I mean, the impossible task of, hey, Mary, you have to feed this baby. This baby is God. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking of these kind of dynamics where I'm like, it's actually fascinating that God wanted to be that personable with anyone. And the fact that God wants to be personable with us blows my mind. Because, you know, even seeing it in this really simplistic model of a Superman wanting a human to mentor another Superman. It's like, wow, that is astounding. That's crazy. I can't put myself in his footsteps, but I have to take it a foot a step further and go to be Joseph, <laughs> you know, to be, hey, uh, your stepchild's going to be Jesus. Excuse me, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and the fact that I don't believe God only wanted Mary and Joseph to be that personable with him. I think he wants that kind of personal relationship with all of us. And it should always be astounding that God wants that kind of relationship. Yeah, that that interpersonal relationship coupled with how that then affects how we interact with the world is is literally what the Bible is getting at. Yeah. And and we're so focused on the interpersonal part that we negate the corporate part. We're so we're so focused on the rules part, we forget to love. And <laughs> that is something that you see, I, 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 I say that this is one of those mediums that it that has in it a lot of reflections of truth, as I've been uh-huh. as I've been calling them moments where it reflects a greater truth and the beauty of that wrapped up in a compelling story. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just think it's phenomenal. Like everyone should read Son of Kal-El as well as Nightwing. Tom Taylor's putting out some really interesting story beats, and I'm excited to see where they go as far as who is the real bads behind Bloodhaven. How is this haven that Dick Grayson's going to want play out? What all is going on in John Kent's world? Who are some of these characters? I'm I'm really fascinated. Who's the truth? I want to know more about all of that. I think it's a great read. Recommend everybody try and pick it up and catch up if you can. Uh, Joe, did you have anything else you'd like to say about these story beats or anything? Yeah, there's a couple of different things that I want to um um one so so for those of you that are unaware this is part of a greater narrative that's happening called Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um originally known as Dark Crisis because but they they freaked out because they literally just <laughs> did a uh, did a different uh world ending cataclysmic thing and you know so they wanted to make this a this is a sequel to Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. Um, and that is why I'm not reading more DC, but this is part of a greater, uh, story where 
um, a lot of the the Justice League, the original OGs, are dead. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this this to me is this is what a modern take on a guy that is struggling with who he is and what he thinks and what he believes and who he loves and all of that kind of stuff looks like. This is what this looks like for a modern audience. Guys, Mm -hmm. when Superman was originally a thing, this was not, it was a wholly different world. It was a completely different world. So it should not surprise anybody that there should be more, there'd be, there would be more reflections of a modern world in what this character is struggling with and how he fits in and all of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So let's stop maybe going with, oh, but this and, and go with the fact that, okay, what we're having here is a retelling of Superman struggling with identity and all of those kinds of things. Let's let's start the conversation there rather than starting the conversation at this is different than Clark Kent. If this wasn't different than Clark Kent, then people would be crying a foul that it's not different from Clark Kent. Yeah. And true. so there there's that. Then you have Dick Grayson, which I again to go back to the whole dark crisis thing, um <laughs> this is a world without Batman. So everybody's looking to Dick Grayson to be the to be the light and so that um, that is exactly what Dick Grayson should be used for. Not with Bruce Wayne, you can get away with Dark Knight Returns and the and the the more brutal Bat and all of that kind of stuff. You can get you can get away with that because that's Bruce Wayne. That makes a whole lot more sense. What you don't get away with is mm-hmm. is doing anything like that with Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson is the White Knight, and I love what they're doing with his character right now and i really really hope that like if you you are on a path to be able to tell decades worth of stories oh yeah yeah it's fascinating because i did not know any of the crisis of internet earth or dark crisis any of that i just knew these stories insulated from the rest so i was like wow that's fascinating to kind of learn all of it i do like dick grayson's the white knight great stuff so this is where we're seeing the evolution of Dick Grayson to finally become the bat. I don't know how you square the circle off the top of my head of keeping Bruce Wayne out of the cape and cowl, but honestly, this is the stuff that says to me, this is where Nightwing becomes this fully functioning, fully formed version of being a leader and not just a side guy doing uh, Bloodhaven stuff. No, I absolutely agree. And I know that some of you comic book fans out there might not agree with me, but that is also where a lot of this discourse comes of DC is just trying to push an agenda. There are some of the things, some of the art, the, the authors that are out there of some of the other characters, not this. I'm very specifically not talking about this comic, but other comics they're they're categorically tanking, but they're 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 sending a message, a very yeah. specific agenda filled message, and all of that. But they're tanking. They're doing horribly. Literally zero justification to keep them uh, to keep oh, them on well. the shelves from a business standpoint. So a lot of this stuff is also getting wrapped up in that. Where oh, all of this is just them trying to make Superman gay. No, no, they're telling a bigger story than that. You know what I mean? Regardless of whether or not you agree with it, to say, to to distill it down to that is a mistake. So yeah, some of these stories do work better in isolation. There are 
absolutely really good things in DC's backlog, but right now is not one of those times. Yeah, I um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, that being said, are you uh, do you have anything else? Uh, no, read the, read this stuff. Read what's going on with Nightwing right now. Um, if you don't read anything else, which I would not blame you for for not reading anything <laughs> else, um, definitely read this because it's great. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I would add to what you were saying earlier, I do think that uh, comics have always had an agenda. The problem is when it's only an agenda. I mean, original X-Men was literally about racism. Original Captain America was literally about joining World War II. The problem is if that's your only story, that's not a story. It's lame. Hey, let's not do that, guys. Yeah. All right. So let's wrap this thing up. Joe, did you have any recommendations you'd like to give our listeners, whether it be comics, games, anime, whatever, anything? Um, yeah. So I have been going through um, with my wife the DC animated catalog of stuff, the movies, the TV shows, stuff like that. If you want to see DC in all of their cinematic glory, go do yourself the favor and watch the animated stuff because that has always been where DC has shined. I agree. Um, also, for my recommendation, uh, we did an episode about it before, but the Spider Gwen into the Gwenverse series, it's coming to a close. It went from really goofy and just fantastical and crazy to still goofy, fantastical and crazy. But some of the stuff that I thought was goofy actually makes a lot of sense and was a little bit deeper than I thought. So I highly recommend that for everybody. It's a good read, just a mini series. If you guys want to hear more from Joe and I, you can go to systematicgeekology.org, hit host, down to the drop down menus, both of our names. You can see all of the many other side projects that we have. And if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com and hear more about comic books. We do a comic book catch up once a month where we just kind of tell you guys what we've been reading. Uh, Will and I usually, sometimes some of the other guests will join. And of course, guys, if you want us to know what you're geeking out on, you can let us know on the same website. We'd love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you would just remember that we're all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.